Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk all things related to mental health, life lessons, and the culture. My goal is to help each and every listener pursue and center wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist. Now let's get into it. Somebody say it's a confidence for me. It's a confidence for me. I need to say it confidently. Say it's the confidence for me. It's the confidence for me. Brought here and forced into slavery. Um, and based on those traumas that we experienced during slavery, some of those same behaviors, the attitudes, um, you know, the belief systems that we adopted as slaves can be passed down to generations after that. Um, and that is why we see like the hyper. Yeah, amen. You're a treasure, um, Dr. Chandra Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, thank you so I'm much. Just shutting up and listening. I'm learning so much. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk about all things related to Black mental health, the culture, faith, and everything else in between. Listen, y'all, I'm so excited today because I have my friends, Lynn Joe and Eris from the LA Report podcast. Fellas, say what's up to the listeners. What's going on, everybody? I got you. <laughs> Thank y'all for having us. Thank you for having us. Really absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I've been waiting to have y'all on the podcast ever since we met. Um, y'all know I'm new to D.C., so when I met these brothers, I was like, you know what? They a vibe. They got to come through to the podcast. So I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Like, I've been waiting for this for a while now, so I'm, I'm glad, glad to be here and, uh, you know. Yeah, we're, we're excited to join the show. Like I said, uh, you you know, when we first had the opportunity to connect, it was definitely a vibe. So we are so happy to be here and looking forward to having a great conversation. Listen, let's get into it then. Y'all ready? Let's get Let's get All right. it. <laughs> All right. So first things first, I want y'all to introduce yourselves. Let us know who you are, what makes you you, and then kind of going into the podcast, like how y'all started that. All right. Go ahead, Lenjo. You can go. All right. So, yes, my name is Lenjo Kilo. Um, I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, from, from the D.C. area. Um, I went to undergrad at University of D.C. Um, after that, I ended up playing pro basketball for a few years. And now I made a, a shift and now I work in healthcare. I'm an administrative fellow at the Mount Sinai Hospital. Um, and it's kind of funny because the podcast is really Eris' idea. Eris have ha- have been bugging me for like three, four years before we ever even got got it started. So you know, Eris is is owes all the credit for getting this podcast going, and you know, now we're here. So um, okay, Eris, <laughs> this guy is a modest guy. Uh, but uh, well, like I said, uh, I appreciate being here. Uh, my name is Eris Morrison. Um, I'm from D.C. Southeast, born and raised. Uh, pretty much, uh, I work in accounting finance right now. I'm a payroll manager for a tech company. Uh, a little bit about myself, man. I've done everything you probably can do in DC. I done did sales. I done worked on the, the consulting and lobbying, a little bit of everything. And so now I'm in find myself in finance. Um, a little bit about our podcast, as Linjo said. Um, I actually have a lot of, uh, I like a lot of thoughts that pop into my head that provoke conversations. And so, mm-hmm. I always have thought that a podcast would be a great form, obviously, to get some of those thoughts off. And no other person than my brother here to kind of have those conversations with. And I thought that would be a meaningful aspect to talk about a few things. So um, as he's tried to say, like, this is my idea, but like uh, he's a modest guy. We we discussed it. I tried to get him on board for two years. He lucky came on when he did because I was going to go solo. I was about to be solo. <laughs> 
but he uh, mm-hmm. he joined right in time. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I'm sure, um, the pandemic uh, gave us an opportunity to, you know, really mm-hmm. set aside some time and, you know, get it started. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and the whole the whole idea around our podcast was, you know, to give or to shed light on black men differently than what, what we, we had seen on social media or TV, et cetera. Like we wanted to like revolutionize black masculinity and talk about a variety of topics, not just sports or music, you know, but politics, religion, sex, like things that are almost taboo amongst black men. We wanted to like bring it out. So, you know, that's that's the whole uh, theme of our podcast is, is to have important and authentic conversations. So, you know, Debbie, Debbie, check us out when you get a chance. Listen, listen, and y'all, that's the LA Report podcast. So make sure y'all check these brothers out. Revolutionizing masculinity. I want to get into that, but first, I gotta come for Eris. I gotta come at your neck. I didn't know we was neighbors. Like you live in Southeast, I live in Southeast. Like what? Oh, I am off of like Wheeler Road. I'm like in the trenches a little bit. Not too, not not. I'm in the trenches, but like the trenches where you know you'd be walking around, you'd be like, oh, this is nice. I'm in Southeast. You're like, oh, I don't even know what's up. But yeah, that's where I stay off. Okay. Okay. So I'm new to Southeast. So I don't even know where Wheeler Street is. I just know where my apartment is and just a few okay. other surrounding areas. Um, <laughs> but going back to what Linjo was saying. So Linjo, you talked about like revolutionizing uh, this concept of masculinity. Uh, yeah. Talk to me more about that. Like, why is that important? And what does that mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's important to us because, yeah. you know, as we see in like I said, on social media, TV, there's this, there's this like this buzzword or buzzwords of toxic, toxic masculinity. Yeah. And we wanted to, we wanted to show a light that you can still be firm and be masculine and not offend anyone or not, or not make anyone feel any kind of way because you have a certain kind of stance. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we, we want to bring a certain kind of, uh, I don't want to say authoritative, like, opinions but we want to show people that we can stand firm and be masculine and still Mm -hmm. talk about our emotions still talk about things that may be uh near and dear to our hearts without having to be you know i want to say super effeminate but in a way that can come across as authentic to other men that that hold our our same views or hold our our same values so that was the entire entire premise for our for our podcast Um, yeah I just wanted to, uh, to kind of tag on to that, you know, mm-hmm. I, all credit due to Linjo. He came up with the tagline revolutionizing black masculinity. Mm-hmm. And to his point, you know, a lot of it really is just being, you know, conscious and authentic with your conversation that we have, you know, kind of what he's uh, what he said as far as we don't know who we, who you might offend. But it's just about like to his point, standing, standing firm and at least being conscious of all different aspects of conversation to be able to actually hopefully have. Uh, more of a learning experience through the dialogue versus, you know, uh, you know, convert, cause just talking just to talk and, you know, not being able to hear one another. So that's kind of the idea um, in a nutshell behind the tagline of the podcast and some of the conversations that we try to engage in, not just between ourselves, but our guests as well. I, I think that concept is so interesting. And I, I want to hear more about that because um, you're right. Like we often hear about like toxic masculinity and, you know, just just talking about it from that lens of uh, just having a, a negative connotation surrounding uh, masculinity and what it is. Um, and I'm wondering for y'all, like y'all are emphasizing black masculinity. So why is that important to y'all to highlight like the this concept of uh, black masculinity and revolutionize revolutionizing that? Um. So, like, do y'all feel like there's been an attack on, like, Black masculinity? Yeah. Sure. Okay. 
110%. You know, it's, it's almost as if uh, when when black men, you know, stand firm in their masculinity, it's looked as though it's a threat. You know, and it it, it kind of makes people feel uncomfortable. You feel what I'm saying? Even for myself, I'm I'm a I'm a bigger individual. I'm like six seven. So when I walk into different spaces, I, I can I can feel how people look look at me. You know, and and I was as I was young and coming, I was a little bit shy about you know not trying to make people feel uncomfortable. But then when I got to a certain age, I was like, you know what? I'm just me. And if you feel uncomfortable about it. We can talk about it and we can find ways to meet have a middle ground, but I'm not gonna dim my light just to make you feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the thought process. Like, dang, how many men or black men in particular have these same thoughts where I can't go into a grocery store, I can't go into the workplace, or even at home with you know your lady or whatever. Yeah. How, do you make people feel uncomfortable? And does that play on your mind? So try to bring some of those topics to light and you know, like I said, have those um honestly, I think dialogue so that we can all get on the same page and, you know, move forward in, 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 in the right pace, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, to that point, you know, so many folks try to define, you know, to, to what we said about so many folks try to define what actual black masculinity is or what masculinity should be and how black men should operate within that, you know, and, and to Lindell's bigger point, you know, acceptance of yourself is the biggest thing. And so as black men, we taught to be hard and, you know, not to have show emotions and do things of that nature. So part of the podcast is, again, like tapping into those deeper conversations that bring out some of those emotions, bring out some of that uh, that that raw feeling that causes us to kind of delve deeper into a conversation to actually pull out what are you feeling expressing yourself in that way, as opposed to, you know, holding things in and not being able to let out, you know, again, conscious, authentic thought. Mm-hmm. I love where this conversation is going because I'm I'm kind of like going off the script a little bit. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're and I do that a lot. So y'all gonna get used to it. So so y'all are talking about this concept of of masculinity, mm-hmm. and we're bringing up the idea of emotions. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. And I love that because when we talk about masculinity and like y'all said, there's often this um, idea or this prototype of masculinity, meaning firm or hard and being like being stoic, not showing emotion. And to me, like it sounds like y'all are saying the contrary. So like what is that balance between like vulnerability and allowing yourself to experience emotion as a black man and, you know, being being masculine? What does that look like? What does that dance look like? Oh, I think it starts with self-awareness. Okay. And that's, that's something that's very difficult for. Actually, you know what's crazy? I think a lot. Of, I think everyone's self-aware. I think people are really at your basic level. You know how you feel. It's just a matter of whether you want to accept that's how you feel and, and to actually, you know, delve deeper into that, you know, challenge yourself to like ask yourself those type of questions. So I think when you talk about that dance, it's just more so being able to be aware and like deal with situations as they come. Cause I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and say like, to your, uh, to your point, you know, sometimes, you know, being masculine to some capacity is putting on that front, that stoicness, that firmness, that hardness. I mean, that is a, like you said, there's a real balance at play there, but I do think, you know, when the self-awareness kicks in, you're able to, in certain situations, switch off that side and actually go into a side that does, you know, make you more emotional and tapping into that to be able to express your oneself. And I think, mm-hmm. again, like, 
it's very important because that's who we are. I mean, as human beings in general, whether you're male or female, you're, you know, we're emotional beings. So you got to be able to tap into that side. But um, I'll let Lenjo kind of continue off of that, that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think Aaron's hit the nail on the head with the point about being self-aware. I think, you know, even to take that even a, a step further in regards to being self-aware is like, you almost have to almost have to accept rejection in, in a sense, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I know how I feel, and I'm going to say it in a way that I think you can you can hear me. But even if you don't accept what I say, even if you don't understand how I feel, I'm still comfortable enough to say, you know what, I got it off off my chest. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the water gets a bit muddy when it comes to how masculine men want to express themselves because they're worried about how they're going to um, affect the next person or I guess not, not, not to offend the next person or make them feel mm-hmm. any kind of way. But one thing that I try to tell myself, which I tell people that kids that I mentor is like, you have to get to a point where accept the rejection up front. Like it's how you feel. The next person may not agree with it. And that's okay. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, I wonder if it is okay for me to say how I feel or et cetera, et cetera. And you end up holding things in and then it comes out in an outburst down the road. And Mm -hmm. then people looking at you like, damn, your behavior is crazy when you could just got off your chest maybe earlier. You understand what I'm saying? So I think think accepting rejection in in, in that kind of context can allow you to stand firm in your masculinity and also be in touch with your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So self-awareness and accepting rejection or like, the, what comes with the territory of like feeling your emotions and being able to express them. Y'all brothers are smart. I love this. I love this. Um, okay. Can I, can I pick on y'all a little bit? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all a little bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, that's why y'all here. Period. Okay. Um, Cause I, I noticed in the information that y'all are sharing is so helpful. I noticed that the way um, y'all are expressing it is like, well, you gotta be self-aware. You gotta be, you know, talking to the audience and that's great. I want to pick on y'all though. Like, has there ever been a time where prior to like revolutionizing masculinity and getting to this point where y'all are like self-aware and accepting rejection, have you ever felt weak when you experienced emotion? And like, what did that feel like for you as a man? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's that's part of this process. That's how you that's like like part of this doing even us doing this podcast is like therapy for us. Right. Like mm-hmm. us being able to have these conversations and share like our opinions is a way to kind of release some of those those those. Uh, I don't even want to call them traumas because they're not really traumas. I and mean, maybe they are actually traumas, but just some of those experiences that we've had in the past. But absolutely. I think that, um, you know, lacking self-awareness is something that I've gone through um, at a very early age to not be able to, again, I, I knew what I should, or be, I knew exactly what I should have been doing or how I felt, but you push that down based upon, you know, the energy and just the, 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 the worldly view of how you should be behaving and responding to things. And so it's not until, you know, you learn, you have to learn lesson after lesson and, and failure after failure or what lesson after lesson till you get to a point to where you're able to say, sit back and actually be like, OK, I have to tap into what is what I'm actually feeling mm-hmm. all the way in order to bring that out. Like, I think that for sure I've lacked self-awareness in the past. And then, you know, again, to Lindo's point about, you know, acceptance is like, again, we all we all go as uh, growing up in society, we all are going to be based off of like the perception of how a way that we should behave and respond to things. And so, I mean, I'll, you know, there's a lot of instances I have uh, 
uh, I've, I've allowed uh, society to kind of shape some of the things that what I've done. What was the tea? What happened? What was, give, me, give me an example. <laughs> I mean, just growing up doing some ignorant, dumb stuff. I'll, you know, certain okay. things that, you know, I'm not too proud of, but like uh, just instances where you, you recognize what you're doing is not leading you on the best path forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's there's always those opportunities for you to recognize. And I'm a spiritual individual. I believe in God. So I understand that, like, when God gives you a second chance, you know, you best not, you know, <laughs> you best recognize the opportunity to at hand and not continue to, you know, let him get your attention like that. So yeah, sure. I, that's for me. Yeah, I appreciate your your vulnerability. Go ahead, Lynn Joe. You ain't off the hook. Go ahead. Tell your story. So, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, to answer the question, the answer is yes. There have definitely been times where I felt weak okay. when it came to, like, my emotions. And it's it's, it's very interesting. Um, I would say high school, high school going into college, um, for those that know me, I, I had a serious stutter. Like, I had a serious stutter all throughout grade school, whatever the case is. And, you know, going through that process on trying to learn how to speak in the heat of the moment. And not being able to, like, like, like my mind would know what to say, but my tongue would not be moved fast enough or move too fast in a sense. I would feel weak and I would feel like, you know what, let me just hide myself and not say anything. And um, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's those moments where you're weak. And then, like you said before, having that self-awareness afterwards and retrospect and say, dang, these are where these are moments where I feel weak. If this comes up again, I'm going to try to have a different response and then see what happens. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So instead of me feeling like, Go like this. Let me stand firm, take a breath, and then say how I feel or say whatever is on my mind in that in that particular case. So I think those moments of of being weak and understanding that and recognizing that uh, gave me the opportunity to be strong now or be strong, you know, in the future or even to pass on some some gains to someone that may be younger coming up or so even the age mate whoever whoever needs some encouragement or needs some some advice. I have the experience that I've been through that I can share and then help someone else down the line. So I think in a nutshell, you know, these moments where ever men or people in general feel weak about something or feel like their emotions are putting them, putting them in a, in, in a weird place. Mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to try to think of it as an opportunity to grow. Number one, an opportunity to then help someone else grow. That's the whole point of us being here as people is to help each other grow, learn and apply different information to new experiences down down the road. Yeah. And I, I just want to commend both of you because um, I, I feel like y'all are doing that now, like helping people to grow, uh, which is the reason why I, I directly asked you all that question. I wanted y'all to, to share a bit more because I strongly feel like, you know, black men who are going to listen to this episode are probably experiencing that, like experiencing some level of vulnerability or weakness and not knowing how to navigate it, not knowing how to handle it. So, um, you know, as a black woman, I definitely want to say I appreciate the both of you. Uh, I, I do feel as though in this country, uh, black men are socialized to, like y'all said, to, to, to be strong and to, to identify with this persona of just being like strong and black or what have you. Not saying that we're not resilient, not saying that we're not a people that have overcome things, but saying that, we, you know, we, we got to be strong. We can't show emotion or what have you. And so that leads me to my my question of like, is it important to have some sort of, for Black men specifically, to have some sort of example of other Black men in your life who do express emotion, who can kind of experience that? Yes. Bottom line, yes. It is yeah, very yeah, yeah. it is very important to have examples on, you know, other Black men expressing their emotion because mm-hmm. that's how we learn as people. Right. We learn through examples. And especially, 
you know, for black men, like having other positive male role models or even figures that you may not know, but taking some of their things that they've shared to the public and apply it to your life. You know, because the, the number one thing with information that we that we gain is try to apply it. If you don't apply information, it's useless in my opinion. So, you know, being able to use those examples is is very key on giving you a blueprint or a roadmap on how you can behave in certain situations when they arise in your life. So definitely those are very, very important to have examples like top tier, top tier importance for sure. Okay. Okay. And who would Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Your example. I have plenty. Um, first, I would say my Uncle Larry. Shout out to him. Um, my mentor, Rick, Rick Goins. And his father, Big Rick Goings. Um, let's see, my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Tur Thompson. My sixth grade PE teacher, Mr. Kemp. Um, who else would I say? Okay. My football coach, uh, Coach Harris. Um, my basketball coach at UDC. His name is uh, Coach Mike Riley. My mm-hmm. coach at Savannah State, um, Horace Brownex. Um, my AU coach, uh, Coach Coach Black. Who else? Uh, I have so many people I, I can name, but those people were there for sure. Giving me a lot of a lot of game and giving me and even if they, they probably, not, probably don't even know or they're not even aware that I've been watching them and seeing how they respond to different things. I've been taking some of this, some of their stuff, adding it to my life. So you know, I, I'm definitely very grateful for those men and also all, all my frat brothers in, in, in Omicron Gamma. Of course, like the whole the whole OG chapter has plenty of men that are, are, are good examples on how to express emotions. So. You know, there's, there's plenty of people around me and I'm sure about too that can have that kind yeah. of impact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, go, just piggybacking off of that. I mean, that there is unquestioned uh, a need and a desire for for black men, young black men, in specific, to have mm-hmm. the role models of people that look like them expressing their emotions in a healthy way. Um, I mean, we see the lack. We see what happens every day when they don't have those examples, unfortunately. Um, for myself, you know, going just piggybacking, uh, my my father's in my life, so there's certain examples I take from him. Obviously, my grandfather had a lot to do with raising me, so uh, pick it, I piggyback off a lot of what he's uh, taught me. I've had uh, one of my one of my frat brothers who, uh, before I was even thinking about becoming a Q, um, had a really dope program that I actually like to i'm actually working trying to get with him to work to build something similar mm-hmm. it's called Men under construction and what it basically did was it took like uh the age range of about 12 to 13 year old males from different parts of dc maryland and virginia and it just gave them a whole blueprint around 
just what life is going to look like, what you're going to have to experience. I remember us going to like the Blacks and Wax Museum. I remember we had to do like a public speaking uh, engagement. I remember we had to do like uh, setting a table and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Just basic tenets of like how you should talk to people, how you're going to have to talk in, in certain parts of America, how you should talk to young women. So it was like programs like that. Even before I even, you know, uh, thought about being a Q, this was like one of my frat brothers who was responsible for it, um, who's a, who, who has played a tremendous role in my life. Uh, I had a professor at UDC who I'm still in contact with, who uh, was the business. Uh, he helped me start the entrepreneurship club. Um, and he, you know, just just navigating healthy relationships, but also expressing themselves in a way that you would want to de- like facilitate the next generation as well. Like for me, growing for me being a mentor to other people, type thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that clearly, there's clearly a need for like example, whether it be me and Linjo, whether it be the people that came before us, people that's coming after us, to be able to just have conversations expressing healthy emotion because really. Like I said, the, the problem is we get labeled for having and expressing the wrong types of emotion. And, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like being able for people to see that. Again, the conversation, I think everything is about conversation and dialogue, right. you know, because, I mean, again, what you may feel as though is not good, healthy in the sense that of me expressing myself in a way that you may not understand, it might actually be healthy. You know, it's just a matter of us having a conversation and being able to try to really have the desire to understand where each other's coming from rather than it being like, oh, back and forth, like we just debating types of Yeah. It's okay. So it sounds like we're we're on this road of like talking about uh, emotional expression and black men. All that's great. Sounds like y'all had some amazing examples in your lives and y'all are continuing to be examples to the next generation. But from your honest perspective, like how do y'all feel as though us as a society, how we've handled Black men who publicly express emotion. We trash them. We 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 make fun of them. Wow. It is, uh, it is uh, only recently. I mean, look, like I'll give you the biggest proponent of it. You know, mm-hmm. I give you two, two people who I've kind of followed recently. One of them is actually a pretty funny guy because he's kind of he's kind of wild, but he's funny as hell. Okay. Kevin Gates. Uh, Kevin Gates is someone who is if if people go back and kind of listen to him. He says a lot of outlandish things that gets the that catches the headlines. So that's why I say, and it's somewhat sometimes funny. But uh, those are the things that catches that catch the headlines. But like as far as someone who's in who's like self-aware, who actually expresses emotions and have some deep conversations, I, I recommend people go check out some of his more recent uh, interviews, because, again, people label him as a little bit crazy, a little bit aloof. But I mean, when you sit back, and you actually listen to some of the content that he discusses as far as just being aware of himself being do you, do you hear Eris or being aware of how Ooh, I get, okay we good <laughs> um but yeah go back and just check out some of his contact uh, his content it's pretty it's pretty uh informative I, I advise people for that and the other one that's pretty big I guess you can check out is uh and everybody probably knows Will Smith right so uh mm-hmm. Will Smith is somebody who, you know, people make a lot of fun of. I think Will Smith is very self-aware of like all the situations that he goes through. And I think he expresses himself. But I think that, you know, because of the situation in which um, his wife Jada has some has 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 involved is involved in, 
you know, people look at him for being weak. And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. I just look at those as two examples of men who definitely are what I would consider self-aware and have the ability to express themselves. Um, and yet, you know, I look at society as looking at them as being deemed weak. So I would just say that for me, those are my two. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Going back to Kevin Gates, cause you was cutting in and out a little bit. Um, talk to me about that. So I, I'm not too familiar with some of the things that he says. I just saw the interview with Carisha, but like how, yeah. like, what are some of the things that he said? How has society trashed them? So, so some of the things actually in, in this context, I think some, like there's a, there's a most recent, uh, there's a most recent interview on the breakfast club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, they were just having a conversation just about his mental health as well. Like the importance of his mental health and just finding himself, uh, the importance of understanding how to delve into his emotions. Some of the issues that he's faced in the past, again, being the type of person that he is as far as where he's from, going back to that stoic, firm, hard nature that us as black Mm -hmm. men feel like we have to put on. And then having to, as we kind of discussed a little earlier, dig deeper into why am I feeling like that? And then being able to be open and honest enough to just not just feel that for yourself, but to then again, express that, you know, proudly to the masses when you are feeling like that. Um, Because there's a lot of people, as he would say, when he was talking, you know, a lot of people when he works out and stuff, people say, I appreciate you just being open. There's not a lot of people expressing themselves in that way that, you know, that they look at from a rapper's perspective, obviously um, to be able to break that down and make people be like, maybe I should check myself out in different respects too, to try to, you know, see if there's some deeper meaning to how I'm feeling and how I respond to things. I low key kind of like look at men like, like him who kind of like publicly express their emotions and they get that backlash um, from society. It just came to me, but I kind of see them as like emotional martyrs, if you will. Like they're, they're allowing themselves to express emotion being like pretty much verbally crucified by everybody, but it also kind of displays how black men can be vulnerable. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're showing like that, that vulnerability that other black men can kind of then model in the future. I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think that it's a, it's a trend that uh, a lot of people are, a lot of black men are, are taking notice to. I mean, I think that the, uh, the interview was, was, was profound in that respect. Like I said, some of the other stuff that goes on and what's being said is, you know, it can be discussed at a different uh, in a different time. But um, I do think that, you know, him and uh, specifically like Will Smith are two strong examples of kind of and, and not maybe crucified is the right word, but just kind of made fun of kind of laughed at, kind of like pushed aside. Like, oh, that's Will Smith. You know, he got jaded. You know, that's the whole thing. And then Kevin Gates, you know, he wild. And so it's just like that's the whole thing. But from a self-awareness standpoint, mm-hmm. um, they have resonated with me from that, from your question that you asked. Y'all don't think Will Smith was verbally crucified for what he did at the uh, the Oscars? Oh, from that standpoint, yes. Yeah, like yeah, I, 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 I mean, personally, I think that was warranted. Like the backlash he got was, was warranted. I think that was. 
I hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode with my good friends from the LA Report podcast. Just letting you know that part two will be live next Wednesday. Don't forget to tune in. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and like and share this podcast, whether you're listening to the audio version or on the video podcast. Make sure that you're reading it as well because that does help with our numbers. All right, y'all. God bless. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.